What do we want on a double game week? Loads of teams fighting for survival and the top four. It's the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Welcome back, listeners. Once again, we are here heading into another double game week. We've been absolutely blessed with these towards the end of the season and all the chips to play to support us to get the most out of them. It is episode 95. Welcome back, first of all, the Iceman. Thank you very much, Billy. 95, God, we've been going a while, haven't we? 95. I know uh, we, we plan to get to 100 this season. It hasn't quite happened. Yeah, why is that? What did we do? Miss, we haven't missed any. any well, I'll tell you what it is mathematically. We need another five pods. <laughs> so I reckon if we did Quick that, maths. we'd have been all right. Quick maths. Yep. Um, less of that, the better. We have got an awesome guest for our, what is going to be our last podcast of the season. If you're not following us on Patreon and not going to get the exclusive interview we've done this evening with Rizwan Chowdhury um, but we've got a fantastic second guest joining us the last time he was on was earlier in the season and uh, it is the FPL general welcome back sir hi lads thanks for having me back on it's a pleasure pleasure to be back on for your last part of the season I've been listening on a weekly basis now for the last probably season and a half and really enjoy the podcast so it's always nice to be on the other side of it yeah thanks man yeah, now one of the things me and uh, me and Mark were discussing before the podcast, Iceman, was actually how many times he's been on now. So we need to do a bit of a count back. I, well, I know he's he's rooting for a place, Mark. I'm very keen to give him one, but we need to do the official counts to uh, to give it credibility. So I think we'll be looking at that uh, after me, the pod. Let me root through. I can actually find out now. One, two, three, four. I think it is five as well. It's five. Yeah. Nice yeah, one. There's that klaxon. Yeah, there's a klaxon. We'll send you a coaster, mate. You just got sweet. I've s- send me your address, and then we'll pop that off to you. Well, I've seen a couple of pictures of them floating around this week, and I was oh, just yeah. hoping. I was just hoping that this was my fifth episode, so I could get my hands on one of those. Yeah. It felt like your fifth episode. The klaxon sounding. The the uh, tailored mat is on its way to you now. I'm very excited to see you preparing for your game weeks. Drinking a pint on that, no doubt. Happy days. Happy days indeed. And uh, also, um, we'll probably announce it at the start of the next season, but we're going to continue with the mats. We've also got another unique giveaway prize in the pipeline, but more to be announced on that in good time. Um, Mark, how have you been getting on since we... I know uh, the last time was right back at the start of the season, so when I'm saying this, we're talking about a whole season, but I think in recent game weeks you've really jumped, haven't you? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty steady rise recently, so... Going going right back to when I played my wild card, the first wild card was around game week ten, um, and I was about eighty four k then, um, and it's just been a, a steady rise since then. Um, I think game week thirty, uh, game week thirty six gave me my fifth fifth green arrow in a row, so I've, I've steadily steadily risen in the last five weeks, and I'm now at my best rank of the season so far, which is a very it's a very pleasing number to look at four hundred and forty four overall. So my my aim recently has been um, initially my aim at the start of the season was a top 10k finish, and things have gone pretty well for me. So I've kind of adjusted that now, and I'm in, I've been looking towards a top 500, which would give me my third top 500 in the last four seasons. So I'd be I'd be chuffed if I could stay inside the top 500 now. But obviously with um, triple captain left to play, 
and plenty of double game week players uh, for game week 37. I am aiming a little bit higher now. So best finish is 102nd overall. So it'd be nice to get close to that in the last couple of weeks. But as I say, top 500 and I'll be more than happy. You will. We have faith in you, mate. We have faith. Just need to nail this triple cap and say that's the one. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I'm fe- I've got to say, I'm feeling really dizzy with the company we've kept uh, this evening, Iceman, with uh, with Mark and Rizwan. Yeah, I know. Yeah, two really top managers. So dizzy to have them on. I'm glad they agreed to come on. Well, General, you're uh, true to form. I think you're, you're one of the more followed um, FPL specialists. It, just in terms of, because at the start of the season, you're doing all sorts of stuff with writing blogs and you know, getting getting involved with it pretty much full time. How's all that looking at the moment? Yeah, it's been a it's been pretty full on this season. So I've been doing it full time since since August really and it's it's been the quickest year of my life to be honest. I can't believe we're coming to the end of the season. Um, but I guess, you know, time flies when you're having fun and I mean waking up every day and just doing what you enjoy, you know, writing about football, tweeting about football, you know, doing podcasts, writing blogs and things like that. It's just been really fun. A yeah, really enjoyable year, so yeah, it's 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 going really well. Just tried it, tried out a couple of different things this season. And um, obviously started the podcast as well, and I might look to to develop that again next season. And um, I may venture into YouTube next season as well. There's quite a few people doing that, um, and I'm a big fan of the likes of of Andy and, and Jay who are doing that stuff on YouTube. So I may try that out next season as well. It's just it's all it's all a bit of fun, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think you'll definitely get a, a good following on there, no doubt about that whatsoever. So, um, Iceman, let's uh, just see how we've got on in our game weeks. How did you do? Yeah, I didn't fare too badly. I've got, I scored 50 points in the end. I dilly-dallied about the captaincy for a while, and then I went with uh, Mo Salah, who failed me. But I didn't lose out because I would have captained Kane, and it's only three points that I would have lost out on. Obviously, I had the Sterling Jesus because I did my wild card last week. Um, I had a bit of a, a gutter with my punt. I actually punted on Jones for United, and he didn't play. So I am hoping that he will play in the next two games. So I've, I've only gone I've gone down a couple of places, though, 200 places. So I'm down to 8k overall now. So yeah, not too bad. So you're not too bad, not too bothered by that specifically. I mean, Mark, is there any, uh, who are your main big performers this week? Uh, for me this week, it was, it was the city guy. So, uh, Jesus and Sterling did the business for me this week. Captain Salah, which was pretty disappointing, but no real, no real regrets there because it was, it was the right choice. I felt, you know, coming up against Stoke uh, and the form he's been in. Um, I ended up on 55 points. So I didn't take any points hit. So it was 55. Uh, which gave me a slight green arrow. So I think I was about 515th overall, uh, and now I'm at 444. So a slight green arrow, but we'll take all the green arrows we can get. So yeah, nothing spectacular. Sterling Jesus um, got points from Loughton and Van Dijk in defence as well, um, and Kane got his goal. So apart from that, nothing spectacular, but just another solid game week. Yeah, so you still still did a lot better than me. I was uh, pretty much on the on the average this week of forty three. The average being forty four, so I dropped a little bit. I had somewhat of a defensive masterclass of Lowton, Vertonghen, and Tarkowski. My I had a captain flop with Lukaku. My only other big uh, point scorers were Hazard and Eriksson with six each. So um, sadly, left me around the uh, the average this week, which was a shame. But going to try and take advantage of the double game week. So I'm just going to mention a couple of Patreon, Patreon yeah. followers who've joined us for support this season. First of all, we really want to thank FPL Pogs. He's triggered the reward for becoming a guest on the pod. 
Um, so he's made the, the highest pledge, or um, I presume it's a he. So FPL Pogs, thank you for that. The Iceman has messaged you, so please get in contact with us so we can set up you joining us on the uh, the season review pod or possibly at the start of next season. But yeah, get in contact and thank you for your great support. Also, Philip Falconby pledged to us as well, so thank you, Philip. Brilliant that you've done that as well, and uh, you've joined the... Uh, ever-growing group of loyal fancy football surgery podcast followers they get access to the uh, weekly or the regular prizes that we're doing is it monthly prizes iceman yeah monthly prizes apologies <laughs> let's not get that wrong uh, and also the regular interviews that we're doing so like i said one with rizwan chowdhury about to go up into the library there as well let's let's uh, announce the the monthly prizes for the last week as well sounds good winners. we've got um adi yakov so he won the podcast patreons league so the coaster is on his way to him so if you can send me your address please adi and also uh john eric uh, tornsteinson like I said, John Eric Tonsteinson. He's won the monthly draw, so well done to him as well. So if he can send me your address, I will get those coasters sent off to you. Excellent stuff. And speaking of uh, leagues where people are chasing the cover to fantasy football surgery merchandise, let's go through the top 10 in our mini league. So in 10th place, we've got Andrew Ferguson. In 9th place, Stephen Campbell. 8th is Tiago Costa. 7th, Jay Loggerwood. Sixth is Stevie Sunshine. Andrew Redmond in fifth. Joe Stone in fourth place this week. Demir Tanay is in third. David Isaac is second. And Rizwan Chowdhury, as you may guess, is leading the mini league with, uh, he's got actually a 53 point lead now. So Rizwan looking very good for the, uh, the surgery podcast merchandise for this season. Yeah. And he was first briefly because he's only five points away from top spot. So yeah, we really hope that he wins it. So good luck to you, Rizwan. Rooting for him. Is he top of your mini league as well? I'm presuming, General. Yeah, he is, which, yeah. um, which is good as well because if he wins that one, he gets a place in Elite 64 next season. So hopefully he can go on and win the whole thing. It's, def- it's going to be an exciting finish at the top of the overall rankings. Actually, it's, it's pretty close up there. I mean, the standard in your, your elite leagues is just so far removed from your average mini-league, isn't it? Yeah, it's, especially the Elite 64 one, it's it's extremely competitive. I mean, the, the, the top 10 are all basically in the top 1,000 or just outside it, so it's really, really competitive in there. Certain weeks, um, there, I'm in about 15 mini-leagues, I think. I'm in as many as you can be anyway. And some weeks I get a green arrow in every single mini-league apart from Elite 64, so that just shows you how difficult it is. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're making uh, making progress in those, you know you're doing well. Now, chaps, we've got our game week 37 double coming up. So a lot of fixtures to talk through here, Iceman. I'm wondering if we uh, if we go on the side of the teams that are playing twice and then the other single fixtures. Are you happy with that? Yeah, that's probably a good way to Yeah, that sounds good. So uh, if we perhaps lead off with the perhaps the, the you know the big six that might be playing, we've got Brighton versus Man United. That's the so the first warning for you all: make sure you get your transfers done by Friday. The first kickoff is eight o'clock. Brighton at home against Manchester United. I was saying to Mark before this: I watch United at the weekend. I know Mark's a, a big Man United fan, but neither of us were particularly impressed with Mourinho's side, even though they got the two-one victory. So the question is, General, you know, double game week for United here. Two away fixtures against sides that have something to play for. Certainly, what what are your thoughts on United? Yeah, as you mentioned, I'm a, I'm a Man U fan, but I've, I've found it pretty difficult to watch them recently. I'm, I'm not really a fan of Mourinho. 
And there's been quite a few weeks where I've actually just skipped the Man U games because Mourinho's tactics just bore me to death. And there's been too many instances where I've watched them for 90 minutes and it's just been absolutely terrible football. So the only United player I have at the moment is David De Gea, who I think is probably a must-have for most people going into the double game week uh, with those fixtures. He's Obviously, he's the best keeper in the league. And United are pretty good. I'm pretty sure they lead the charge for clean sheets this season. So De Gea, I'm probably just going to leave it at De Gea as well. There's nobody else really that interests me too much. Um, obviously, Lukaku looks like he could miss out now. We'll probably know more on, on Wednesday about his injury, which could maybe bring someone like Rashford to the fore for the next couple of weeks. But as I say, I've got De Gea and I'm probably just going to leave it at that. Smalling's been a hero for anyone who brought him in a couple of weeks back. I mean, I didn't go near him because I thought he may lose his place. There is still obviously a small chance that that might happen. But if you're willing to take a risk, Smalling would probably be the only one, the other one I would go for. Sanchez is too expensive for me. Pogba showed some signs recently of getting some points, but I just don't really trust Pogba when it comes to FPL. So yeah, double game week 37 for me, it's probably just going to be De Gea from Man U. Pogba has been he's been doing much better since uh, Jose started changing the formation. He changed it to four three three recently. I think Pogba's been benefiting in terms of attacking stats, though. I know you met, you mentioned Rashford, but wouldn't that be just too much of a risk for for players to bring in because whether whether or not it'll just hit form straight away? Yeah, I probably wouldn't. Even even if Lukaku is ruled out for a couple of weeks, there's no way I'd be going with Rashford. He's just. He's never been consistent, really, when it comes to FPL. Even if he's starting, there's no guarantees he's going to play in 80 minutes. Yeah. And he just hasn't done enough, really, to, to warrant a place. But potentially, with Lukaku out, if he is out, maybe that brings Pogba to the fore. And uh, as I mentioned, he's he's benefiting more because of the attacking stance. But he does get less of the ball. But he is quite high up for shots on target in the last four. He's got five shots on target in the last four. So with Lukaku out, maybe he could prosper and like become the bigger man and, and start scoring a few more. Yeah, I think I think Pogba, I think he is worth considering at least. I know I won't be going there, but I think, I mean, as you say, the stats are good in the last couple of weeks. Um, I just think there's better options. At, at, you know, when you've got the Spurs midfielders and, and the City midfielders, I would just much prefer going there, even doubling up on Spurs midfielders or City midfielders rather than Pogba. That's what I would be doing. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a question from Captain Kingpin kind of on United, uh, just saying De Gea and goal, or is it worth punting on a cheapie like Ryan or McCarthy? I mean, I think that if you've got De Gea, you've got to play him, you've got to keep him, and he's, he's got to play. I don't think that you should be going for... I, I know Ryan got a, a clean sheet in the last game, but they did concede a lot of chances against Burnley, and I thought they got pretty lucky in the end. So, <clears throat> yeah, I would definitely play De Gea. Yeah, so I think De Gea would have been my shout as well. I've had him in for a number of weeks now, and he's always sort of chips in with a clean sheet here and there. He's pretty consistent. Well, he's massively consistent. The question is, is he going to be at United next year? Not that it affects FPL this season. So just while the opponents are West Ham, Iceman, do you see any, any love for them? So that's their second game, isn't it, West Ham? Sorry, that's the second game. So let's go Brighton then. Yeah, so Brighton, just you can't have, you can't have anyone from the from Brighton they've got the worst fixtures in terms of Man United Man City and then Liverpool like you, it can't get worse than that and yeah just clear, stay clear of all of their players General any any kind of uh, gentle optimism towards a Brighton you know differential like Gross or a defender like Dunk or do you just think they're cannon fodder for the rest of the season yeah no thanks yeah I agree with Iceman just avoid uh, Lewis Dunk I would probably back Lewis Dunk to score his fifth on goal between the end of the season. He's surely a good bet with those fixtures. 
Yeah, so I think that's a unanimous no on the uh, on the Brighton front. Thanks, chaps. <laughs> okay, well, let's have a look at our, our second big double game week playing team. Iceman, any any preferences where we go go next? I suppose we can hit Spurs, can't we? I mean, they've got a lot of points in their team, and yeah. they're probably one of the, the best teams to go for. Yeah, away at West Brom, and then uh, and then Newcastle. They're playing at home on the uh, the Wednesday the ninth. So. Who specifically from Spurs, Iceman? And um, I'm, I'm guessing the first name is going to be Kane. Well, yeah, everyone's got to kind of go for Kane. I just think with him going for this goal, but he mentioned at the end of the last game, I know he only got the one goal, but he did have quite a fair few chances and he could have scored two. Uh, I just think that he's going for this golden boot. He did it last year. He scored a load of goals just randomly towards the end. So I think that he really wants it and he really, I know it's kind of almost out of reach for him, but he's got three games to do it in. West Brom away, they have been playing better. Newcastle, Again, they're pretty good defensively. He could, Leicester seems like they could score a lot of goals there. They've got two home games towards the end of the season in Newcastle and Leicester. So I can see Kane probably you know, pushing Salah for this golden boot. And I think that this really does put him in right in front row for this triple captain that everyone's going on about and captaincy for this game week. Okay, okay. General, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, just backing up again, Ice Man Kane's a must have. I've got him in. I got him in last week. He's in. He's he's going to be uh, under consideration for my triple captaincy, but I'll talk more a little bit about that later when we come to captain towards the end. I've got Son as well, player I've had now for a few weeks, and I've just kind of held on to him uh, because Spurs have good fixtures. It was pretty disappointing. He didn't get anything uh, on Monday night against Watford. I think he played about seventy-five minutes, but which is expected of Son. So. I will be holding on to him and, ju- and I'm just hopeful that he can start two, two out of the last three. And again, someone like Son, he's, he's probably one of the few players who only needs probably about 20 minutes off the bench anyway to get something for you. So I don't mind holding on to him. But Ericsson would be my pref. If I didn't already have Son, I think Ericsson would be my preference for the, when it comes to the Spurs midfield. Um, and I actually haven't ruled out getting him in this week. So again, I'll talk about that a little bit later as well, but. Defensively, Vertonghen is probably the safe bet. I would love to get Ben Davis, but Danny Rose is, is lurking around, so he's bound to get a game before the end of the season. So that's enough to put me off Ben Davis. Uh, if you don't already have De Gea as well, Lloris could be worth a shout. Yes, he's made a lot of mistakes recently, but Spurs are keeping clean sheets uh, and the fixtures are good there as well. So yeah, Kane's a must-have. Eriksen would be my preference for midfielders, and I think Vertonghen is a, is a safe bet as well at the back. Yeah, five clean sheets in their last seven spares. So, and Vertonghen seems to have had a couple of attempts on goal in the last game. Three attempts he got. He hasn't scored in like, you know, years, but who knows? He, he did it at the post. And uh, as mentioned, he could have had two assists if Kane could actually score. So there is some points in Vertonghen, I feel. I mean, I've got him in. He's six million. Most expensive defender along with Sanchez, but yeah, I think he's he's a great buy. He's just safer than Davis, isn't he? That's Davis yeah. at five point eight. It's just you've always just worrying about that Rose risk. Pochettino did say that Rose is coming back fit now and potentially could play. And you'd be kicking yourself if he did come in and he did play. So I think the safer option is Vertonghen. And they've they've got to they've got to win these games, haven't they? They want to finish third, and they don't want Chelsea to catch them. So they they do want these points. So they have got something to play for. I'm just looking at the stats on the on the FPL uh, uh, website here with Vertonghen. He's got one goal 
in the last five seasons. Yeah. And I think he's got two assists in five seasons as well. And I was watching, I was watching Spurs Watford on Monday night and I, I didn't have Vertonghen. So I was, I put out a tweet towards the end. I was like, please score Watford because I wanted them to wipe out the clean sheet. And as soon as I put out the tweet, Vertonghen turned into, I don't know, he was like, look at Modric. He was, he was playing Kane through. If Kane had kept him on side, he would have had an assist. And then Vertonghen hit the post as well. So I was actually pretty, for, I was pretty happy that he just got the clean sheet and he didn't get any attacking returns because that would have probably hurt my rank even more. But yeah, he, he doesn't offer much going forward, but. That's not just a flash in the pan because he did that in the FA Cup as well. He did get forward quite a lot then. So maybe he's just got some sort of impetus to, to get forward in these last few games. I do think there's points in him, uh, attacking points. Yeah, maybe he'll surprise us in the last couple of games. Okay, well, um, yeah, and I, I tend to agree with that. I think having watched uh, Vertonghen this season, you do see him breaking off that left-hand side, especially when they play a three at the back. Yeah, all these Belgium defenders looking very good going into the World Cup, worryingly for England. Yeah, we, just uh, a quick stab on Ali. He scored another goal, so four goals and two assists in his last five. So still going strong, Ali. Everyone's leaning towards the Ericsson because probably scored more in terms of FPL points recently. But... I think that Ali's got a fair shout. Um, if you've not got enough to get Ericsson, or even if you're choosing between the two, I think it's almost like a coin flip between those two. Uh, if I had the choice between the midfielders, I think I would go either Ali or Ericsson. Son, for me, just... He's got the points in him. He's just not doing it on a regular basis at the moment. Not currently in form, is he? So, yeah, yeah. I'd definitely go the other two. Son's probably a player like me. If you own him, you keep him. But if you don't have him, you don't get him in, you know? Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair shout at the moment. Definitely worth keeping, and he is one of those players, like you say, off the bench. He is he is just as dangerous as anyone else. So, chaps, let's move on to Manchester City. So, the champions elect showing absolutely zero sign of um, of slowing up, and certainly looking to uh, looking to break this hundred point haul and you know break all sorts of records and whatnot. But um, General, I mean, what, what do you think about them? What are the players? Because the, the debate we've had in the last few weeks is there's no doubt they're going to show up. The question is just who's going to show up for them. Yeah, it's always it's always the worry with City, the dreaded rotation. But um, I brought in I brought in Sterling and Jesus uh, about two weeks ago, um, and they've done the business for me already. So I, I think those two are the best two options. Um, Jesus should play both. With with Aguero out, there's no real direct replacement there. Obviously, he could he could play some one of the young lads up front, maybe in the Brighton game. But I, I do think Jesus probably has the best chance of playing both games. Sterling hopefully will play both games, but we just don't know what Pep will do. He, I mean, the league's wrapped up, uh, and he's got so many options. I mean, he's got players itching to get game time who haven't been on the pitch a lot this season. So. Don't be surprised if, if we see Sterling getting, you know, maybe benched for one of the games. But I'm, I am, I am hopeful that he will start both. I think he's a player. I think he's probably one of the first names on Pep's uh, team sheet most weeks and has been all season. But again, it's just because the league's wrapped up now. We just have no idea what he's going to do. So I've got two at the moment and I am considering getting a third one. Um, that's a big question, is it? What, who's your third one? Yeah, my budget will probably determine who that is um, because of, I don't have my cash in the bank. So that'll probably rule me out of going for K- KDB. So I'll probably have to choose between Sané and Silva. Um, and at present, I'd probably just uh, lean towards Silva. But 
I would probably need to get some more information about him, you know, that he's going to be playing and he's not back in Spain. Because, I mean, with the league wrapped up and with what Silva's been through, um, Pep could easily just give him the rest of the season off, you know. But I would expect him to play this weekend when they're when they're getting the, the title. Um, but after that, who knows with, with Silva? Yeah, I mean, we had a question from FPL Classico. He's just put, having Sterling and Jesus already. So same situation as both me and you. Uh, do I go for David Silva or Sane? And yeah, it does depend whether he's going to play or not. I mean, will he come straight back in? If, if he is back in England, then I do think he'll play. And I think that the fact that they actually get to lift the trophy on Sunday against Huddersfield, I think that Silva's probably the best option because you're still not sure whether Sane's going to play or not. I do think that Silva will play if he's coming, if, well, if he's back in England. So, I am actually considering bringing him in myself. I mean, apparently the Man City team didn't train until Thursday. Do you know anything more on that one, General? No, I didn't hear that. But, I mean, City don't even need to train. You know, they're that good. They could just they could go without training for a week and they could still beat Huddersfield 5-0, you know. So, oh, yeah. obviously, they, they deserve their time off or whatever. But the, I was going to say something there now. It'll come back to me. It was something about Silva. Go ahead. I'll, I'll come back to it. Yeah, I mean, just going on uh, Man City's form, they've kind of upped it recently as well. I mean, they've got expected goals of uh, 5.44 over the last two games and their, their stats have just improved since they've won the league. I mean, even just on shooting stats and uh, attacking everything, even possession, they've all improved. Like They seem to be on this high. So, like we said, like at the start of the season, like, I feel like you kind of want three City attackers and you just got to hope they stop because you know that they're going to score goals. It doesn't matter who you get, someone's going to score points there. They all seem to be scoring points. I think that the toss-up is between David Silva and Sane for me for the third one. The defence, I, I don't quite know where to go. And like, I mean, Walker apparently is injured. Whether Danilo is going to be an option at 5 mil, he could be. I suppose we need to wait on the news whether Walker is injured or not. I mean, you've got the likes of Gundogan. Will he play? I th- Pep has said that he's trying to go for all records and he's trying to improve the team for next season. Whether Gundogan, because he's missed quite a lot of the start of the season, whether he's going to play him continuously. But the only thing is if Silverback is Gundogan still going to play. KB plays every game, so he's just expensive. I mean, you've got Fernandinho coming back. Is he an option as well? He scored in the last game. He does get the odd goal here and there. There's so many options to choose from at City. It is difficult to know who to go for. But I think, depending on what, what position you're in, I think if you just punt on one of them, you you never know where it's going to pay off. And uh, Yeah. It, yeah. I, that's what I was going to say about they've got two games in 37 and the way they're playing and, and the opposition that they have in 37 um, Huddersfield and Brighton at home you only really need them to play one game anyway I mean if you get Silva, Sane or whoever you get in if they just play one of the games they can easily get 10 to 15 points and, and it doesn't even matter then if they play the second game so yeah. I, it's, it is a lottery um, I think no matter which one you go for, it is a lottery, and you just got to go with it and just be prepared that it, it's either going to work out for you or it may not, and you just got to just got to embrace it. Yeah, I think that's generally the conclusion we're coming to most weeks. I'm waiting for a week where one player looks um, is injured or looks to be rested, but it's just not happening. That team is just hungry, um, and that, there's a lot to be said about Pep and what he's installed in that team in terms of their mentality. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
Okay. Um, okay, so we've talked a bit about City there. So I'm thinking, shall we look at the Arsenal next, Iceman? Yeah, we can look at Arsenal. The only problem is we need to find out what's going on on Thursday. I mean, obviously we're recording this on the Tuesday night, so we don't know whether they're through in the Europa League. And I think if they do go through, then that's going to just have us not bring in any Arsenal players, including Aubameyang. Because like they did against United, they played a, a second string team. It just means Aubameyang is probably just not going to get the chances that he would in a full strength team so the final for the Europa League is on the 13th so that's directly after game week 37 so is that right no it's not on the 13th sorry it's on the 16th so there's not that much time between the game week and the final itself so you would just be put off by Arsenal players altogether so it all depends on Thursday I don't even think that we can even name anyone I mean like if we lose on Thursday which is a high probability I think that Ramsey is probably one of those options which I'll probably look at at 6.8 at the moment he just he seems to be in the zone at the moment in terms of getting foot and getting a load of chances and he scored and assisted in the last game that he played against West Ham so I think that he is probably a good option to to bring in if we go out the Europa League yeah, I think it's a good shout. It's, um, I mean, looking at the team at the weekend, as you can see, that was pretty random. We had the Greek defender at the back, who I uh, keep getting his name wrong when I pronounce it, but he looked very good. Whether he'll get a few games towards the end of the season, Maverick but if we do play, yeah. yeah, but if we play a second string, then will that team keep clean sheets? I'm not sure. General, what are your thoughts on Arsenal in this double game week? Yeah, so I keep a, I keep a watch list on the on the. FPL website and at the minute I don't have any Arsenal players I'm, I'm just going to wait until Thursday and um, if they get knocked out that'll change things then I, I may have so much interest in them for the for the double I mean they've got good fixtures they've got Burnley at home and Leicester away which are good double game week fixtures on paper but if they qualify for the Europa League final I'm just going to avoid Arsenal for the rest of the season but we just need to see how, how Thursday goes and at, at the Iceman mentioned Ramsey he's the first player that springs to mind for me as well if they become an option for, for double gaming 37 he, he's probably the first one I would go to I mean, we shouldn't discount if we do go out the Europa League that maybe um, Mkhitaryan, he has just come back and he did score in the last game, got three attempts on goal as well, so which is the most out of the Arsenal players. He's just, he's quite an attacking player. Uh, I think yeah, he could be another good option. It's just that he's just come back from injury. So whether or not he will play both games, I'm, I'm not quite sure, but 7.7 .7 might be a good option. Might be risky, but might be profit profitable. What about Ospino? Is he likely to to take over the reins in goal in the league? Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk that. I mean, checks on the bench at the moment, isn't he? So he's most likely going to play in the Europa League semi semi final. But whether or not he comes straight back into the league as well, it's just too risky for me. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Coming into a double game week, we just can't be certain on Arsenal, usually because we're knocked out of all European competitions, and we don't need to have this debate. But apparently, <laughs> yeah. that's not. Not a problem this year. Well, speaking of a team that are done and dusted for the season in terms of Europe, but very much hot on the tails of Tottenham Hotspur, who cannot afford to slip up, we've got Chelsea. So last year's champions still have an outside chance of making it into the top four. Uh, General, what do you think about them for the double? Yeah, Chelsea are a bit of a funny team this season. They've, they've frustrated for, for the most part, but they seem to have picked up results out of nowhere recently, and they're making a big push now for Champions League. I sold Alonso when he got suspended, um, so there's no going back on that now for me really because it, w it would take a bit of surgery to get him back in, but I'd kind of had enough of him anyway because he was underperforming for, for quite a while, as, as were Chelsea, so 
I currently don't have any Chelsea. I know a lot of people are still have William. They've had him the last few weeks, and and he's he hasn't converted his his very good performances into FPL points. But if I owned him, I probably would be quite tempted just to hold on to him for the double game week. Um, I mean, surely he has to has to convert these performances into points at some stage. Um, I think he I think he was benched uh, in the last game week, which is probably a good a good thing as well. He might, he might start both games now in the double game week. So apart from him, really, I'm not really interested. Obviously, uh, Azpilicueta is a, a pretty reliable FPL player. He has been for, for a couple of seasons now, but he's just, again, he's too expensive for me to get in easily. So I'm likely to probably go without Chelsea for the rest of the season, I'm thinking. Yeah, see, I, I was um, on my wild card last week. I stayed away from Chelsea altogether. Conte has said that they need three points from every game now. I think there is a slight impetus there. And Hazard's stats have been improving recently. I know he's really expensive and it would be a, a massive punt to bring him in. He's not been performing to the highest level like he normally does. But like I said, his stats, is 23 minutes per attempt over the last four. Over the four beforehand, it was 113, so he has improved. He's improved in touches in the box, shots, shots on target, all improved, all the key stats. And among midfielders, he's actually he's third overall for attempts on goals over the last four, and that's behind Salah and Sterling. So he is showing some signs of form. I can see a big haul here. I know it's a big punt, and I know it's going to be a risky one. But for if you're looking for something different, I think Hazard. If you've got the cash to bring in, I think that he could be a good player to bring in. I think you've got him, haven't you, Billy? I have got him, yeah. He's uh, popped up with the odd six and seven. I haven't had any massive hauls from him. But, yeah, steady, steady sixes and sevens from him. Yeah, so, I, I mean, like they play Liverpool. And uh, who have they got in the second game? So they've got Huddersfield. These are two home games. So they should be fired up for it. As, as I mentioned, Conte says we need three points from both of them. They feel like they can catch Spurs. So I reckon they're just going to be going for it. And I can see some points from their attackers here. I can't quite see it from the defence for some reason. Because even against Swansea, who are like the lowest scorers in the league, <clears throat> they did look like they might concede. So I wouldn't necessarily go there. And if you've got Alonso, I know he's back for game week 37, but as I mentioned last week, I'd be surprised if he did get both games. You know, Emerson, as, as mentioned again, he's done all right recently, so he probably could play one of the games. Okay, so there's a bit of variety for Chelsea. Sounds like we're taking our chances, though, there. Yeah, oh, we've got one here. Uzair Ahmed has put uh, keep faith on William or ship him out. So you would keep faith, General. Uh, what about you, Billy? Would you keep faith in William or would you ship him? I think if you've, I think if you've got him in, he's got two games, I'd keep him. I definitely keep him. I, th- I still think he's looked good this season. Decent price. Yeah, I'd stick, stick with him for now. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, well that that's the big hitters in the double game week. I think the um the the big one we need to also look at is the Swansea versus Saints because that is going to be absolutely huge. Saints also away at Everton, Swansea away at Bournemouth. We're talking about survival here, General. I mean, do you see any value in in backing these teams who are struggling to stay up? Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of managers are going to be looking to these two teams now for for budget players um, and probably budget defenders in particular because I mean we can't we can't all have, have big stars for the double game we we need a couple of cheapies as well um, and there are two teams two teams I am looking at I mean Southampton have shown a bit of fight under Mark Hughes uh, Swansea are fighting for their lives as well so I mean they tick that box as well as as two teams who still have something to play for. 
um, which is always a good thing uh, to, to go for at this stage of the season. So I've got Charlie Austin. I, I've had him a couple of weeks. He hasn't done an awful lot for me, but I'm probably going to keep him. I think he started uh, he started in game week 36, so I'm hopeful that he can he can start both games. Um, I don't know why he hasn't been starting before now. Obviously, Southampton need goals, and there's there's nobody better to get goals than Charlie Austin. So I'm ho- I'm hoping that that he can do the business for me. If I didn't own Austin and I was looking for a cheap uh, striker, I'd probably more likely go with uh, Jordan Ayew at Swansea. I think I think he has a good option, and his brother's a good option as well in midfield. I think Andre he's 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 flying under the radar because he hasn't been getting FPL points, but I've 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 liked what I've seen of him um, on match of the day, um, and he I think he could be a good differential from Swansea. Both teams both teams have have cheap defensive options. Um, Swansea. Van der Horn is the one I'm looking at, and and Southampton probably Cedric. They, those are probably the two that I'm looking at this week. Yeah, I spend what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, I mean, I totally agree on the Andre shout. I think that he is a bit of a, a dark horse, which no one's actually looking at. And if you just look at his stats, uh, even in the last game, he got three attempts, which was Hazard for that particular game. So, and he is playing out position up front with Jordan I. I mean, I've got Jordan I, and I'm glad I've got him because he is on penalties and he did look threatening as well, even against Chelsea. So, I think that those two are potential options. I I've got Norton as well. He does look like he's getting full. At right back, he was playing uh, at centre back, but you know, he's moved out to the right now, so he's providing crosses quite a lot. So hopefully, I can get some attacking points from him. But if you're looking at Southampton, they've actually created 11 big chances in the last four matches, and that's only second to City. Also, shots on target, they're also second to City for them for the last four with 22. So they are creating a load of chances, Saints, and I think think that. Uh, Austin, he, he's got two big chances in the last game alone, and that was equal with Kane for the game week. He did get subbed off, but I do think that he's got goals in him. I think you've got someone who's got potential there, General. And I, I, if I was to choose out of the two, I think I would actually go Austin now, just because it's more of a, you know, you want to play with that price and go for someone who's got a bigger haul. I feel like Austin's probably got a bigger haul than are you, but it's just whether or not it will start is the risk that you always have there. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I look at it the same way. I mean, Austin probably has the the, the higher ceiling, but then Ayu probably guarantees you two ninety minutes. You know, so Austin's not a player who probably can't play two games in in the space of a couple of days. So I, I could easily see Austin maybe starting one game and, and maybe coming on in a second one. But I'm just hopeful that he can start both. Yeah, a lot of people have got like the likes of Barnes or <clears throat> Wood or something like that with just a single single game week. Would you take a minus four to bring in one of these two? <sighs> Who have Burnley got? Burnley have got a tough game this weekend. I think, is it Arsenal away Burnley have? Yeah, Arsenal yeah. away. Yeah, so I mean, you're not really expecting the likes of Barnes or Wood to get anything there. So I, I probably would take the chance... Um, I'm, I'm always, I mean, I don't take many point sets, but I'm always comfortable taking point sets for someone who's got a double game week. So for the likes of IU or Austin, I, I would have no problem taking a hit um, if I was getting rid of someone like Barnes. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a reasonable shout. Burnley, um, Burnley, of course, have uh, far surpassed themselves this season. We're just going to go through some of the other double game week teams now. So I'm looking down the list, nice man. I think Leicester might be worth us having a little look at here. Home against West Ham. Home against Arsenal. Now, a couple of weeks ago, actually, you'd think potentially some goals for Mahrez and Vardy here. Then they go and get absolutely stuffed by Palace on the weekend. What happened there? <laughs> yeah, I know. They, they, 
I don't know what happened there. Was, no one saw that one. 5 nil. I am going to be really annoying now and uh, take it back to Southampton briefly because obviously there's someone <clears throat> who's hitting form at the moment and that's Tadic and he's kind of hitting form at the right time. But just to warn people that he is the most frustrating player to own. I've owned him a few times and his stats have always been great, but he's never produced continuously. And I think that maybe it might be too much for him to maybe score another goal and assist here. So I would be very wary of that. He may be a good option, but just just be wary that you set yourself on risk there. And I do see uh, McCarthy still as an option as well. Uh, I mean, Bournemouth only scored their goal from a corner, and he has made some. He did make some great saves in that game, so I would see him as being another good option. And also, sorry to drag on a little bit here, uh, Ben Narak. He seems to be playing again. I thought that Stevens was going to come straight back in, but Mark Hughes, I don't think, probably wants to change a winning team. So whether or not he will start again, he's really cheaply priced. What is he? 4.1. I'm just going to bring that up quick. Yeah, I think you're right with 4.1. Uh, yeah, it's 4.1. <clears throat> yeah, so um, maybe he could be a nice, easy option into the Saints back line. But just be wary that Stevens can come back in. And sorry, I'm just going to... I'll bring it back to Leicester now, Bully. So we've got some questions on this. So uh, Ahmed is actually asking, keep faith in Vardy or ship him out. And uh, Jens has put thoughts on Mares. He's a double game week player, but not performing. Do we keep faith or sale? What are the alternatives? So what what are your thoughts on that, General, on, on uh, Vardy and Mares? Vares. I sold Mares two weeks ago for Sterling, which obviously was a good move. Yeah, and well, I know a lot of people still have the likes of Mares and Vardy, and Leicester have been absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't really, they're just, especially the Palace game, I mean, 5 0. It just looks like, I mean, if there ever was a team on the beach, they're on the beach. I mean, they're right out in the ocean. Um, and I just don't really see them, I don't really see them improving. Uh, fixtures, they've got what, West Ham at home and Arsenal at home. Not, not the easiest fixtures, really. Um, so I, if I had Mares, I would, I would probably be moving them on for, for maybe a City midfielder or a, or a Spurs midfielder. I know people are, a couple of people are asking me about hits as well. Like, should I take a minus four for Mares? It is always hard to do that for someone who has a double game week, but I just think there's merit in it because Leicester have been so poor and it's just, it just looks like Mares is going to disappoint again. Obviously he could, he could turn it around. He could turn it on, but just going on the last few weeks, it doesn't look like he will. And I, I just think the right move probably is to move him on now for for the likes of you know Ericsson or or Sterling if you don't have them. I've actually got Harry Maguire. He's my only surviving Leicester player, um, and I was very Jericho. close to starting him. Very very close to starting him against uh, Crystal Palace. Thankfully, on Saturday morning, I changed it last minute from I put him on the bench and I played Loughton instead. So that was a good move. Um, I think Maguire got zero points. Gave away a penalty, I think, as well. So he was pretty, pretty awful at the weekend. But yeah, Maguire, I mean, I have him. He's got a double game week. So he's going to play for me in the double game week. Now, I'm expecting four points from him. Anything else, anything else would be a bonus. So knowing him, he'll go and get a couple of bookings and end up with, with one or two points. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. He, I mean, he's a player, no matter how bad Leicester are playing, 
if they get a corner, Maguire can get a goal. So hopefully he can get me something. <laughs> he's always been one of these players that is like, oh yeah, he, he's due a goal. He'll probably get one soon. Yeah, he's getting forward and just never seems to come. But yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I've got I've got two of those players. You know, these players, especially centre backs, that awesome. were wait were waiting for their goals. I've got Maguire and I've got Van Dijk, and, and I've been waiting for weeks and weeks. And I, and I just I could be waiting forever for those goals to come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to back up the Leicester, not in good form. I mean, their whole squad managed nine FPL points last game week, and uh, they got three shots on target in their last two matches, which is joint bottom with Huddersfield. So, yeah, just not very good from Leicester at all. I would be moving away. Is that thought whether to take a hit or not, just for the likes of Mares or Vardy? I don't know. It is difficult, like you say, not in form, but they have got the potential to to score some points. So that's a tough one for me. I'm not necessarily. I, I would I would be swaying probably on keeping there just to just as hope, but sometimes it's the hope that kills you. Yeah, I think it's it's probably easier to to move away from Mares because of the midfield options, but it's probably harder with Vardy because of his price point. So I think if I own Vardy. I'd probably be more inclined to keep him uh, as opposed to Mares. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Um, let, oh, nice man. I'm going to move us to uh, West Ham now, who are in the double game week. Yeah, Arnautovic has been the main performer for West Ham. I guess it just depends on how people see their fixtures here. I mean, Man United at home, Leicester away. Given what Leicester did last week, I'd actually quite fancy Arnie for a few points here. Yeah, I mean, they, they need points, really. They're on 35, Southampton are on 32. They've got three games and Stoke probably almost down. So they do need points. So who are they going to get it from? I mean, Carroll has actually fallen out with Moyes, apparently. He left training today uh, because of an argument with uh, with Moyes. So that kind of cements Arnie up front again. So, yeah, he's always going to be a good option, Arnie. He did score in the last game, with, but that was after a foul on Edison. So whether or not that was warranted, I'm not sure. But he, he always looks in and amongst it. He's in my team. I'm quite happy to have him in. He is one of these midfielders at that kind of cheaper price. Uh, do you have him, General, or is, is he escaped? Yeah, one of one of my best decisions this season was to bring Arnautovic in on my Game Week 32 wildcard. And at Game Week 32, he scored 16 points. So immediately, you know, he was it was a huge uh, rank boost for me having him that week. Um, and I, I, I was kind of keeping things quiet on Twitter for a couple of weeks as well because I mean, I mean, I'm in a lot of mini leagues, and I don't want everyone, you know, there's hawks out there watching my every move. So Arnautovic <laughs> yeah. was one of the ones I kind of kept quiet that week, and then brought him in, and got me 16 points. So I got a couple of tweets after that, you know, because I did a podcast that week, my own one, and someone said, "Oh, you didn't mention Arnautovic on your podcast," but I mean, I can't be giving away every single thing I'm going to do. So that was a nice move. And Arnautovic has been superb since I brought him in. He's 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 actually one of my favourite FPL players to, to watch live because he's he's just so threatening. And um, I mean he could he can do anything. He can get sent off as easily as he can, you know, get your points. But playing up front for West Ham under Moyes, he's been superb. He just looks like he can score in any fixture. Um, he's done that already uh, against a couple of the big teams. So going and I've got him for the double game week and I'm confident that he'll he'll do well for me. Even against Man U, I think I mean I've got the hair and goal, but at least if De Gea gives up his clean sheet, it's 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 likely that Arnautovic might be involved. So 
I've got high hopes for Arnie for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, it's fair. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be looking at many other West Ham players. I mean, I brought in Masaaku, who's a nice cheap one at 4.2, but he didn't play in the last game because Everett played, but he did play quite bad. So I'm hopeful that he's going to keep his spot. It would be a risk, but he's a, he's a cheap one to go for. But Cresswell, I tell you what, he was playing at wing back and um, he would probably return to the middle as soon as Masaaku comes back in the team. But he is on free kicks and four shots on target in the last four not bad stats he got the he got the goal in the last game from the free kick so there is potential there maybe not a bad option I just can't see you know you never know when West Ham are going to capitulate like they did against City and they have done this season as in other games okay um, any, anything more to add on West Ham chaps or should we move on to Newcastle yeah let's go Newcastle let's go to Newcastle so general Raph has worked his magic uh, we had some form from Iosi Perez for a while that died off when I selected him. Yeah, Kennedy, flash in the pan. <laughs> my flash in the pan, yeah. Kennedy has uh, been linked with a variety of kind of bigger clubs in Europe. Do you see any value in Newcastle for the double? I think um, there are a few options there. Another player I brought in recently was Lascelles, the centre back. So I got him two weeks ago um, with with the double game week in mind. But in game week thirty five, Newcastle had Everton away, and they then they had West Brom at home. So I kind of looked at those two fixtures as well as potential for clean sheets for Newcastle because they haven't been conceding many goals um, recently. And it was pretty disappointing that they just lost one nil in both games, and, and I got nothing from Lascelles. But he's another player who's going to be in my team for for the double. Uh, Watford away, and again another good chance of a clean sheet. Um, but knowing my luck, um, it'll be a one nil loss again. And then Spurs away, not expecting a clean sheet from Lascelles there either. But I, I went for Lascelles. He was a bit more expensive than than the fullbacks. I just thought he offered me a bit more of an attacking threat. Uh, Dummett is a nice cheap option, but uh, zero goals, zero assists, and zero uh, bonus points a season. So that was that put me off him. He also yeah. came off uh, the full sixty minutes for a tactical change. So yeah, so one one point there. So yeah. Kennedy's a player I like from what I've seen of him this season I've really liked uh, what I've seen of Kennedy and he's really cheap as well in midfield so if you're looking to free up some funds I think he can be a good option the only thing about him I think they've got Chelsea game week 38 so he's on loan so I'm pretty sure he can't play in that one so just bear that in mind if you are bringing him in that you won't be able to use him in, in game week 38 but Apart from that, yeah, it's it's a defender probably, and Kennedy are the only ones I'm really interested in. Yeah, Yedlin gets forward, Lejeune, he goes up for corners, he's a cheap option. There are options there, but they haven't got much to play for, have they? So uh, Perez, Flash in the Pan, as mentioned. Just the cheap options, really, Kennedy, maybe. He did hit the post in the last game, when he really should have scored, but potential. Yeah, nearly points, I think we can call that. Okay, um... So, final team in the double we're going to talk about is Huddersfield, which I'm not that keen to talk about. If I look at their fixtures, they're away at Chelsea for the second, home against City for the first. I, I can't say I hold out much hope for anything defensively or attacking for Huddersfield. Yeah, Huddersfield have got what Man City away, Chelsea away. Just yeah. forget about them. They're going <laughs> to they're going to really struggle uh, to stay up. I think. I think they've got a tough game in 38 as well. So yeah, I think they're on about I think they're on 35 points, but I think they could really get sucked into it, and they, and we may lose them. But they really they need to get something from one of the big fixtures, which you just don't really see happen. And they, they they've they've probably punched above their weight for most of the season, but they're really struggling now, and 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 I can really see them going down. 
Yeah, I can see him going down as well. There's no options there. He just there hasn't been for a while, really, when you think about it. But uh, yeah, I can't see anything from Huddersfield. Nothing from Huddersfield. Okay, so chaps, but we've covered really all of the double game week teams there. I suppose the only other one that people will really be wanting to talk about if I'm looking at these fixtures is potentially Liverpool. Their game's away at Chelsea. So, Iceman, any, any thoughts on Jurgen Klopp's side? Yeah, I mean, we did have a couple of questions based on Liverpool. One from Alex Ball, really. Simple question, really. Salah, keep or sell? And if it's sell, are you bringing them back for game week 28, Brighton at home? So that is the thing. That's something which I kind of planned my wild card to do, to actually remove Salah for this week. He's playing Chelsea, so it is a tough game. He can score goals. We all know that. He is highly owned and he could come in and score. He has got this um, semi-final tomorrow. So if they go through, then it's going to veer you off a little bit more from actually keeping him. But for me, he's going. It's just choosing who to bring in. We also have one from FPL Mars is just saying thoughts on ditching Salah, whether to go to Son and Captain Kingping asking the same question really. So General, what thoughts on keeping Salah? And if, if you were to remove Salah, who would you bring in? Yeah, so I've, I've still got him. I've had him right the way through uh, when, when some people were selling him, but I, I've held on to him. And the way, the way I'm set up at the minute for, for double gaming 37, I've got, I've got one free transfer. And, and when I make that free transfer, I'll have 10 double game weekers plus Salah. So that's the way I've kind of been looking at 37. All along, I was thinking, you know what? I'll just keep him. He, he's Mo Salah. Yes, it's Chelsea, but Salah can do damage against anyone. But, just in the last day or two, I've, I've, I've actually tinkered a little bit with what I could do if I, if I, if I got rid of him uh, for Chelsea. And obviously there's a lot of midfield options with City and Spurs in particular. But if, if I do decide to get rid of him, which I'm not sure yet, I'll definitely be leaving enough cash in the bank to get him back for 38 because I want him for that home game against Brighton. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm doing at. At the moment, James. my foreseeable plan, I'm sorry, Pete. Oh, Pete's battery's died. Uh, <laughs> uh, but my foreseeable plan was to um, remove Salah and actually bring in Ramsey because I thought Arsenal were going to go out of the Europa and then move Son out and then bring him back in. So that's currently my plan. Uh, it all depends on your team who you're going to get in. Yeah, it would be uh, a City, Arsenal or, or Spurs mid for me. People just, the most important thing for people to remember is if, if you've had Salah like me for a long time, you've got a lot of value tied up in him. So if you do sell him this week, he's going to be a lot more expensive to get back. So you just need to make sure that you leave that cash there to, to be able to get him back in one move. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So as you heard, Pete just disappeared. So, uh, we're going to, um, take a break now and it's the Iceman's piss. Enjoy, mate. Right, let's do a sum up with the returning Iceman then for game week 37. So let's begin with our big hitters, United. We went more pro-defensive with them with De Gea, maybe Smalling and Pogba showing a bit more promise of late. Brighton, our guest, the general, said, and I could go for anybody there. Spurs, we spoke of Kane, Son, Eriksson as the usual suspects. Ali, though, could be a good option, having fallen off the radar for many this season. Lloris would be a good differential. Great shout by the general there. And Vertonghen seems to be the one with the attacking returns from a defensive perspective, or at least the attacking returns potential. 
City, pretty much you could go back over the last three podcasts and uh, be the same conversation. But we still think whoever you pick, you've probably got a, a high likelihood of getting something, even if they come on as a sub. Arsenal, it all depends really on that Atletico Madrid game. If you want to gamble on them, you could go with Ramsey or Mkhitaryan, who looked pretty good at the weekend. Chelsea, uh, again, we spoke about a few options there. Hazard, having bashed him all season, the Iceman is now actually quite keen on, so it could be a good differential. Uh, Swansea, we talked about their game against Saints and those two as double game week teams, so we looked at Austin, IU and Bednarak. From a Leicester perspective, Mares and Vardy, of course, play twice, but it's whether you can trust them to score now. Maguire does seem someone who's nailed and is always a threat going backwards, if you can make sense of that. West Ham, we talked about Arnautovic and Cresswell. From a Newcastle perspective, Lascelles is a good differential, and we talked about Kennedy and Lejeune as well. Huddersfield, no, no one. Uh, Liverpool, we talked about the idea of Salah. Uh, and then we didn't speak about them really at all, but for Palace perspective, we'll all be thinking about Zaha. Mentioned him a few times, been quality for Palace. Eight shots on target in the last four is the highest for midfielders. So it could be a good option there. Nice sum up, Bull. Thanks, thanks, James. Um, <laughs> let's talk about captains then, James. So who is your skipper for the week, Iceman, and your transfer? <clears throat> well, I'm going to kind of move it to the questions because we had a few questions based on captaincy. So Steve Clarkson is just saying who the captain for the double game week, Sterling, Ericsson, Jesus, or even Aubameyang, or De Gea, fingers crossed Kane doesn't punish me. So he's worried about the Kane option there. And then Captain Kingpin is saying Sterling, a better triple caption option than Kane and Hallsrug is just saying give me your best arguments for captaining a City player and who should it be so I'm going to bounce this back to the general now also going to kind of mix in another question we have from David Isaac who is flying high as well he's saying what are the general's planned transfers and TC moving forward hashtag rival hashtag asking for a friend I had a cheeky question from David. So David's been leading uh, Elite 64 for quite a while now. I've moved up to second, so I'm chasing him down, but I'm, I think I'm about 55 points behind him. But in FPL, you never know what can happen in the last two game weeks. So I know he's going to be listening, so I need to try to play a bit of mind games here with him. So <laughs> nice. um, I've got triple captaincy uh, activated this week, and it's currently sitting on uh, Harry Kane. But I'm completely torn. I'm completely torn three ways on this. So I've got Kane, I've got Sterling, and I've got Jesus. And I think there is very strong arguments for all three of them to get the captaincy in the double game week. Before I came on the pod, I jumped into the Fancy Football Scout website and I was looking at some of the stats there. And I've just pulled out a few that caught my eye. So what I did was I compared Sterling, Jesus, and Kane over the last three game weeks where they've, they've played a similar amount of minutes. So the first one, uh, the common one, goal attempts. Kane's got eight, Jesus has got nine, and Sterling's got 12. So Sterling wins that one. Touches in the final third then over the last three game weeks. Kane's got 48, Jesus has got 50, and Sterling has 104. So Sterling's got more than double of both uh, Kane and Jesus, which is huge. And then the last one is penalty area touches, which is another uh, key one I like to look at. Kane's got 14 Jesus has got 16, and again, Sterling comes out on top with 30. So again, Sterling's got double penalty area touches than Kane does over the last three game weeks. So I thought those stats were pretty telling. 
I mean, City have the better fixtures and they score more goals than Spurs. But then on the other hand, you've got Harry Kane, who's more than likely probably going to play 90 minutes in both games. Whereas with the City guys, we just don't know. So it's a really, really difficult captaincy choice this week. And it's one that I really need to, to nail if I really want to get a, you know, improve my rank from, from 444 at the minute. So it's going to be, it's, it's what are we recording on Tuesday night? Um, I'm, I'm kind of happy there's a Friday night deadline because it's less time to, to, chop and change with the captaincy but as I say I'm on Kane at the moment but I mean looking at those stats today Sterling comes out and top in all three of those ones and I mean he's the one I probably would like to captain but I'm a very risk averse manager and I like to play things safe I like my players to play so it's hard to call now on Tuesday night but I would say I'm probably going to end up going with Harry Kane just because I know he's going to play both games See, the argument against that would be West Brom seems to have hit form now and are playing well against any team. So, and they're, West Brom are at home, so Spurs are playing away. Newcastle, they are playing Newcastle at home, but they're very defensively sound and you still can't see that many goals there. Sterling and Jesus are playing against Huddersfield first game and you would think as mentioned they're lifting the trophy that Sunday you would think that they would get as many goals as possible I could probably see Sterling or Jesus scoring more points in that particular game than Kane can in both those games but you reach back to the argument of Kane can score hat-tricks in any game it's just that looking at form fixtures of how it's going around, what City are doing at the moment, the high that they're on at the moment. I, I think there's a really strong argument for Sterling at the moment, and my yeah. captaincy is actually on him. Back, back to Sterling again. I mean, if it wasn't for Mo Salah this season, there'd be a lot more talk about how good Sterling has been. 18 goals, 17 assists. That is amazing for for Raheem Sterling, who's who's never posted figures um, close to that before. He's In his last seven games, he's got attack and returns in all seven. Four goals, seven assists. Again, that is phenomenal form. Again, that is, you know, swaying me towards Sterling. But again, it's Man City, it's Pep Guardiola, it's rotation. It's I, I think it'll probably be between Sterling and Kane for me, but I'm going to flip-flop between them, I think, for the rest of the week. <laughs> Until Friday, you've got less time to think about it. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. I suppose my benefit here is that I'm using bench boost because I've wildcarded recently, so I'm using bench boost to play. So I've just got the captaincy on him, but I just think that Sterling... He did say in in his um, post-match interview, he just said that Pep wants them to play, wants them to do really well, wants them to be prepared for next season. So they're playing Huddersfield, one of the worst teams in the league, in my opinion. I just think there's going to be loads of goals there. Then they've got Brighton, again, another one of the worst teams, but whether or not he will play that game, I just think that he could probably get as many points in this particular game than Kane can in two. So, yeah, I'm on Sterling. What about you, Billy? Um, I think you echo your sentiments. I think um, Sterling's the one performed well all season, potential for points. I think Pep will keep playing him as well. So, yeah, Captain will go on him for me. Yeah, nice. Chances? Yeah, who are your transfers? The nice man. So my transfer will be Salah out. And whether or not I will go for an Arsenal player, I don't know. I could go for Pogba 
or it'll be a City midfielder in terms of Silva. That just depends. Actually, I haven't worked it out whether if I bring in Silva that I can get Salah back and I need to make sure that I've worked that one out. I worked out the Arsenal players, but I didn't work out the Silva. So I'm just going to quickly try it now and I cannot get him back if I went to City midfielder. So it's most likely be a Pogba or an Arsenal player. Okay, and uh, Gemma, what about you? Yeah, so I've, I've prepared pretty well for the double game week coming up. So, as I said, I've got one free transfer. And, and when I use that one, I'll, I'll have 10 double game weekers plus Mo Salah. And I kind of like the idea. Of, I'm someone, as I said, who doesn't take many hits. And I know a lot of people are going to be taking hits this week. I've seen people talking about even minus 16s and minus 20s. So I would feel kind of good going into the game week without taking any hits. Um, and the squad, my squad's in pretty good shape to do so. But that would mean a pretty boring transfer, probably something like getting rid of one of my Burnley defenders to bring in probably a, a Southampton or a Swansea defender, which is not very exciting. Um, I am looking at a couple of other options. I could go down for a minus four, maybe get rid of Salah for one for one week. And to do that, what I would do is I would probably downgrade Van Dyke to one of those cheaper defenders from Swansea or Southampton. Then I could get someone in for Salah for the double game week and then I'd have the cash in the bank to get Salah back in then for for game week 38 so that's probably the two routes I'm looking at without giving away too much information about the players I'm considering bringing in Okay and um so, I said, are there any, any Twitter questions to follow that's been said there? Yeah, we see we do have a few, but we have gone very lengthy on this pod, so I'm just going to root through a few. So, give nice, quick answers, General. Uh, we'll just go to you for these, General. So, uh, cool. Luke Jurdy, who was on last week, is an actor in Holyoke. So, he's put, yes, lads, do I take a points hit to get all double game week players in playing bench boost? And what's the max amount of hits that you would take? And a bonus question was uh, Sterling or Aubameyang captain? So I'll answer that one for you, General. So Sterling, definitely there. What, what about the hits? What would you do for hits for this particular game? What's your maximum? Yeah, again, again obviously it depends on the on, on, on Luke's squad. And that was a really good podcast last week as well. I really enjoyed listening to Luke. So that was a good one. Um, again, as I say, it depends on, on which players he has. But... I'm I'm always pretty comfortable taking minus fours for players who have two game weeks, um, because there's there's much more chance of them paying you back. So I I don't really like to put a limit on it. I mean, if you've if you're really struggling for double game makers, if you've only got three or four this week, I'd I'd probably be happy enough to take, you know, your minus eight, your minus twelves, and and maybe more. But the most important thing with taking the hits is you need to get the right players in. You need to nail those players that are going to deliver. So that's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, moving on to uh, Captain Kim, who's just put a one-week left-field punt. So who would you gamble on this week for a left-field punt, General? It's funny, I noted this down earlier, and you've actually brought him up yourself earlier in the podcast. Um, A player who has trolled me like nobody has ever trolled me before, Aiden Hazard. Oh, Hazard. Yeah, Hazard. So I think, I mean, you mentioned him earlier. Uh, Chelsea have Liverpool and Huddersfield at home. And then they also have, I think they've got Newcastle in game week 38. And they seem to have picked up a little bit in, in the race for Champions League. So there's no chance I'm getting them for what he's done to me in the past. But I think Hazard could be a dark horse for the double game week for someone who needs a differential, like you said already. Massive differential as well, 6.3% owned. So yeah, massive differential. 
Okay, so got another one here from Kamran Khan. Let's just put Lukaku to Jesus, William to City midfielder. Which one? He already owns Sterling, so and should he go Alonso slash Valencia to a City midfielder? So I think the the question here is kind of which City midfielder other than Sterling? Yeah, and going back to his Lukaku one as well, it looks like Lukaku probably will miss a couple of games. Now, we'll know more tomorrow. Uh, which will be Wednesday, but Lukaku to Jesus is a no-brainer, I think. Um, again, he's got Sterling already, is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah, so we, we talked about it a little bit earlier. probably depends on your budget as well, but I think if if it looks like Silva's going to play against Huddersfield, I think Silva would be my choice to come in alongside Sterling. Yeah, fair. Also, one here from Prashant Tuari is just saying, I'm doing Salah to Ericsson, free transfer. Then should I do Aspi and Barnes to Norton and Vardy for a minus eight? Or Barnes to Austin for a minus four? Who is more trustable, Chelsea or Vardy? It's got to be Chelsea, I think, at this stage. Um I do think if I could afford Aspi, I think he'd be a player I'd probably be looking at to get in. So yeah, I think I think I'd probably avoid Leicester now. Just from what I've seen against Palace, I would just avoid them completely. Yeah, I agree with that one. Last one here, we just go one from uh, someone who's in our Slack channel, Patreon of ours, uh, FPL Mediocrity, is just saying, of all your decisions you made this season, which one or ones have you regretted the most? So- I s- I'd seen this question coming up earlier and I was I was trying to think about an answer and nothing really sprung to mind about regrets for me this season. Um, and I mean, that probably reflects on my, you know, I'm doing very well this season. So I don't think there's anything that's really any decisions that have majorly went wrong. I think I've, I've probably got most things right, which is why I've got a good rank. So there was a couple of things earlier in the season, the likes of um, Phil Jones trolled me and Christensen as well. But there's been no major regrets. Like I'll go back to last season. Uh, last season was a pretty frustrating one for me. Um, there was a couple of 50-50 decisions that went wrong for me. Baines and Coleman was one. Costa and Vardy was another one. But thankfully this season, I haven't had anything, nothing that springs to mind as a, as a major regret. And hopefully I don't have any regrets for the next two game weeks. Yeah. I think my answer for that would be my change of strategy towards the end. I think I would rather have kept to my original plan than playing my wild card so late because I don't think I'm going to benefit from it as I hoped. Bully, do you want to give yours as well? Oh, God. Um, I think it's collectively my captain picks. I've just not, um, I did pretty well last season and I was getting it fairly consistent with my captaincies. But this year, I've just been getting it so wrong. Like the, the weeks I've picked Salah, Kane's done it. The weeks I've had Kane, Salah's done it. And probably the biggest mistake I made, I held off on putting Salah in, almost believing it was too good to be true for far too long. Yeah. Jeremy, you were saying to me about yeah, it. Yeah. So that that's probably the biggest one, losing out on about sort of a third of what Salah's given to other managers. Yeah. So that takes the end of the Twitter questions, Iceman. It does, yeah. Thanks for your questions, guys. Appreciate them. Brilliant. Well, yeah, fantastic. Great shouts again, everyone. And um, that's going to bring us to the end of the the Fancy Football Surgery podcast for this season. Just want to thank Mark for joining us. So great to have you on board again. Nice one, lads. Thanks for having me on. It's always always a pleasure. I always enjoy chatting FPL with you two guys and I just want to say before I go as well to to James good luck on your travels to India thank you uh, f- fair play for doing what you're doing and, and I hope it goes well for you cheers man
appreciate you coming on as ever you've always been a great guest and and don't um don't forget to get that placemat in the post this oh, yeah, week you've got to send me your address so as soon as you send me that i'll, I'll make sure i think bully's actually going to be the one that's sending it so you can blame him if it doesn't right, bully do not forget because i'll be waiting it'll be uh it will it will be go above all the other priorities i have at the moment top of the list i promise nice, nice one fifth five appearances as a guest on this pod mean something so we're keen to honor that Claxon ring in Matt on the way. General, how, how, I mean, most of the people that listen to us will know you, but for those that don't and want to hear more from the general and what he's up to, where can they get in contact with you? Yeah, you find me on most social media channels, but the best place to, to interact with me is on Twitter at FPL General. So if you hit me up there, you'll, you'll find the links to all the other channels as well. Awesome. No, brilliant having you on board as a guest again. And if you want to find out more about the Fancy Football Surgery podcast, I'm going to do this in a different order again. You could email us at uh, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. We are hosted on iTunes and SoundCloud. We are on Reddit. If you want to give us an up the pod, up the pod on there. You can find us on our website, www.fancyfootballsurgery.com. Uh, but the main real chat goes on, like the general, on Twitter at FF underscore surgery. You can join our mini league if you think you stand a chance the last few game weeks of the season, 1173-455. And then if you'd like to support the podcast even further and join our growing group of loyal surgeons, we've got patreon.com forward slash fancy football surgery for a chance to win a host of prizes and rewards for supporting the podcast yeah we've got, some, we've got some great interview, interviews on there we've just done one with Rizlam yep. Chaudhry who is second in the world uh, so get in to listen to that one we've also got ones from James Eggersdorf and uh, Peter Kohenberg who else we got on there we have got one from Peter Blake going up there too and Ben Krillin so all sorts of interviews on on there if you're going to join our Patreon page they're all accessible from there Fantastic. Well, Iceman, that brings us to the end of another fantastic season of podcasting. I mean, we're very sorry that we're not able to uh, produce something over the last couple of game weeks, but I think uh, there's more than good enough reason not to do that. And the Iceman doing something very selfless. Iceman, any any final reflections for a season of podding? It's been great podding with you again, uh, Bully. We'll definitely do an end-of-season pod at some point, and uh, we'll have to talk about this World Cup and whether or not we're going to do that. So we'll keep all of our listeners in tune on Twitter, so just follow us on there. And thanks for listening for the season. Yeah, I mean, we haven't just, we've certainly gained uh, more followers on, on Twitter, so it's great to interact with the community. So we've grown in friendship and in many ways, Mays, me and uh, the Iceman have grown as men. I've, uh, I've got married this year. Uh, we've both uh, just moved into our first home. So I really am finishing the season feeling like an old man now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Excellent stuff. Okay. Well, thank you so much for all of your support and we can't wait to speak to you all next season. Keep an eye out for us on there. Uh, online to see if we do anything around the world cup but until next time it's up the pod up the pod up the pod